You are now entering Nowhere, California. If you love what you hear, you can find us on your favorite podcast search engines and subscribe. And also, if you don't mind, leave us a like or a review. And if hearing us is not enough, you can always get your Nowhere, California fix by going to NowhereCalifornia.com. And you can send your thoughts, ideas, or some random bullshit to our email, which is Nowhere underscore California at Yahoo.com. Don't forget, we are Nowhere, California. Ideas from everywhere, voices from nowhere since 2011. This is Josh. This is Nick. And welcome to Nowhere, California, and my jet lag is done. Oh, that's right. I was going to say, good day, Gavna. <laughs> no, I think it's out of my system. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. It took a little while, man. You were kind of MIA on the text and stuff like that for a little while. Your it, body was acclimated. Oh, God. Like, there was a couple days there I was thinking, like, maybe I should have took another couple days off of work. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to do this episode because my friend here has just returned from jolly old England. Yes. Uh, one of the great, honestly, probably the greatest trip I've ever done. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I told but, you to fall in love with places. But look at my track record of uh, trips. Before London, the biggest trip I ever took was Hawaii. You know, Hawaii and Apple Valley, California. Oh. Vegas, Utah. Apple Valley, California. Shawnee, <laughs> Oklahoma. Oh, that's so, Well, I stand corrected. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> um. We did the pre-episode where we kind of talked about my plans and everything, and mm-hmm. I figured probably might as well do a post. Well, yeah, I mean, we need to let our, our listeners know that you didn't die in a yeah, exactly. crash. Yeah. yeah, no. Oh, God. <laughs> we might as well throw that out there right now. I, what, what? Um, like, the flight to London, we went kind of central, like, through central North America, mm-hmm. and then up through the Great Lakes, and then right. into the Atlantic going to uh, London. Yeah. And I wore shorts and everything, and I'm just like, okay. And it was fine. Like, I was perfectly content. I slept okay. Didn't take any sleeping pills, but I did sleep. That's good. Yeah. On the way back, we flew through Greenland mm-hmm. and then, like, the frozen tundra of freaking Canada. And I'm wearing shorts again, and I'm sitting there like, we go down, I'm food. <laughs> That's true, you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm screwed. But see, nobody would be prepared for anything like that. Everybody, yeah. everybody on the plane would be food of some type, you know? You yeah, exactly. To... And that's the whole thing, not to disparage the airline industry. Um, that, crash, that crash position that they tell you to do, if you're about to go down, honestly, wouldn't that snap your fucking neck? Okay, do you do you want to know the truth behind that? Yeah, let's... Okay. The truth behind that crash position, where you where you kind of like you put your hands behind your head, or yeah, and then duck or down. pressure forehead against the yeah, chair, pressure in front forehead of you. against the chair in front of you, and you duck down. Okay, um, it's meant to preserve the body, <laughs> teeth, teeth for identification. But still, you're fucked. Yeah. Good. What are they going to come on and tell you? Be like, hey, look, pretty much take whatever position you want because at this point, you're fucked. <laughs> you might live, you might not. Yeah, it's almost like more than likely you won't. Yeah. It's almost like I was thinking about it like, honestly, wouldn't it be better if I just unbuckled and just let my ass yeah. bounce around the it's, freaking cabin? It's so, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it might be more fun before the lights go out for good. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's it's meant so that it preserves the head for the most part and all that, so you can identify the body. I know. Uh, on a lighter note, mm-hmm. uh, let's just dive right into <laughs> Uh, we're off to a fucking upbeat start, aren't we? Yeah, let's let's get that light note rolling. <laughs> well, you wanted the you wanted the truth. I told you you couldn't handle the truth. Well, I pretty much knew the truth. Okay, 
It was just, you just added the fact like, oh, they're gonna know what which yeah, body yeah, is yours it's, though. It's definitely meant to identify the body. Yeah. So. Uh, honestly, looking at this episode before we decided to record and everything, I did not know how to tackle it because honestly, we could go several hours just sitting here going over every aspect of my damn trip. Yeah. But um, I'm not going to bore our listeners with that. Okay. We're going to just hit some of the prime spots. Like, um, okay. The fact that I almost thought I was going to be getting mugged. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and okay, this will, so you want to lead off with that one? Yeah, might as well because okay. it'll, it'll lead into a staple of the Nowhere California life of uh, Kevin Smith. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. Because yes. Um, one morning I decided to head out to the Prince Charles Theater because. As one Kevin Smith fan to another, we know there is the Kevin Smith cubicle there. Yes, and where is that cubicle located? Well, let me get that part of the story. Okay, sorry. But on the way there, I... Give me a dirty look. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) I only planned that morning to, like, basically get up, have breakfast. We'll discuss food in a moment. Uh Mm-hmm. Um... Basically, I took my passport with me, like maybe a couple pounds if I wanted to grab something to drink along mm-hmm. the way. And that was about it. Okay. So I headed out, got into the tube, got there, and started, got to the area where the tube let out and started going, okay, time to try to find the Prince Charles Theater. And at this time, I'm wearing my uh, Iron Man sunglasses right. that only cost me like three bucks online. But as I'm wandering around, I hear this voice behind me go, those glasses are really nice. It's this little, like, 20-year-old black uh, British girl. Mm-hmm. And she's like, those are so awesome. Where'd you get them from? And I'm, it's me, so I'm not going to sugarcoat Like I got them online for, like, three bucks. But also, too, as soon as she really started talking to me, I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to get mugged, ain't I? <laughs> Just thinking, like, oh, God, this is how it happens, where it's the person's going to distract me on one side, and her buddy's going to come up behind me and freaking club me in the head. <laughs> But she kept talking, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I got them online and everything. Oh, they look really nice. What are you doing here? I'm like, I'm looking for the Prince Charles Theater. There, there's something I want to check out there. I want to, don't want to look like a freak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm looking for the freaking bathroom with Kevin Smith on it. <laughs> oh, the secret is out. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, she's like, oh, I know where the Prince Charles Theater is. She's like, let's go down this way. And also, too, in my head, I'm thinking, like, oh, yeah, we're going to go down a dark alley. That's when you're going to freaking <laughs> pop me one. Mm-hmm. And, and during this time, I'm thinking, like, I'm going to kick a girl. I'm going to kick a freaking 20 year old little British woman <laughs> I'll do it <laughs> you, you pull Charles my... Gilmore arrested for assault overseas in the... <laughs> yeah. but as we kept we crossed the street and everything that's when her sob story kicked in oh now she started talking about how her night was horrible her friends mm. ditched her she lost her oyster card and all this stuff and I, I'm sitting there with like maybe four pounds in my pocket with some random pence and other things and I'm just she's telling me this I'm like here and I give her everything in my pocket she's like this won't give me anything. I'm like, that's all I got. I left the room literally just to do this. I, I did not plan on anything else but yeah. this. And she's like, well, give me your Oyster card. And that's when, like, naivety, like, kind of went out the window and going, fuck you. That's <laughs> where shit got real. And I'm like, um, I need that card. And she's like, you got money in your room. I'm like, I literally should not be on this trip. Yeah. I work retail. <laughs> I saved forever for this trip. I can't give up this Oyster card because I need it for the next couple days. Yeah. She's like, just give it to me. I'm like, I can't. Here, I gave you what I had. And she's like, this isn't going to give me anything. I'm like, I'm sorry. And I started getting ready to walk away. She's like, well, keep the copper. I'm like, okay, fuck it. And put it in my pocket and kept, and started walking away thinking, 
If, if there's ever a time I'm going to get popped. She wanted your oyster card. Wow. Yeah. If there was going to be a time I was going to get popped, it'd be when I was walking away, but I kept moving. I figured out where the Prince Charles Theater was at and got there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, see, mo- okay, uh, from what I've been told anyways, most of muggings occur with uh, people on mopeds, and it's usually a knife point. Yeah. They, and, they pull up very quickly. I barely saw mopeds. Like, anytime I did happen to see a bike or a moped, that, your words kicked in my brain, like, okay, moving away from the yeah, sidewalk. Just be aware of your surroundings. Yeah, and honestly, that's with every place. And okay. that's, I think within the first couple of days I was there, it really, like, I kind of had everything unlocked because I was by myself. I I had that face that sticks out in a crowd, but also, too, I had that face that blends into a crowd, too. Um, yeah. Both both are ugly. That's the word he's well, looking no, for. I'm, he's I, dancing I, around it. I, I ain't being complimentary <laughs> to myself. I I have a face that's <laughs> perfect for podcasting. This <laughs> fucking kid, man. Jesus. But, uh, I think you're an attractive gentleman. Thank you. You're now welcome. get your hand off my knee. Fuck off, man. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your oyster card. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a new run joke. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. But um, this, uh, fast forward to uh, one of the highlights of the trip. I go to the Prince Charles Theater, start rattling doors. They're all locked and everything. And the manager comes up and asks uh, if he can help me. I'm like, yeah, um, I'm a Kevin Smith fan. And he's like, uh, you want to see the Lou, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> that could have meant so many different things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I'm going in there thinking like, oh, God, am I about to freaking toss to see it? <laughs> am I going to see another man's penis uh, again? Probably. <laughs> Continue, sir. Yeah. Continue. But we're talking and everything, and I'm like, yeah, I'm a Kevin Smith fan. I really was trying to figure out the best way to come and see a movie here and do it properly and check out the bathroom and do everything that way. Right. It's like, oh, it's fine, dude. He, he was like, you're probably the first person in my entire time here that came just straight up for the Kevin Smith cubicle. But, there, let's go. <laughs> and he's like, you know it's in the ladies' room, right? I'm like, yeah, I do. And yeah, it, the Kevin Smith cubicle is in the ladies' room of the Prince Charles Theater. <laughs> we go down there. So describe it. What's it like? What's it, it look it's like? just a bathroom. Uh, on the front of the, the uh, stall, it has the Kevin Smith cubicle with a picture of him smiling and everything. You open up the stall. There's two pictures on one side of him, like old pictures, mm-hmm. not slim. And that's about it. <laughs> but uh, I take my pictures. We head back up, and we're talking. And he's like, you know how that all broke down, right? I'm like... A little bit, and he kind of gave me the be- the right. full story on it. Where, if you listen to any podcast uh, podcast where Kevin has talked about it, he's given the full story. But I don't think I, he's revealed the full full story. Right. Um, at this uh, theater, they have a bar area, mm-hmm. and they had it all decked out for Kill Bill, yellow and black paint, and a bunch of Tarantino stuff. And uh, Kevin was there performing, and he was like, "Where's? Why don't I get a bar? <laughs> I've been here. Tarantino has never been here." <laughs> So the next time he's there, they set up the Kevin Smith cubicle down in the ladies' room. It was supposed to be a one-night-only thing. And they immortalized him forever. It, well, somebody forgot to take it down. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. You told me that. Yeah, somebody, somebody <laughs> forgot to take it down, so it just kept rolling. Even the managers would be like, oh, we still haven't taken that down, huh? And it's, it's just continued. And uh, the guy that I was talking to told me the night that him and Jen did a plus one there, in the men's room, they gave Jen her own stall. It was a Jennifer Swabuck 
cubicle where it had like flowers, candles, and everything. That's and, funny. And yeah, it was like, oh, that is so cool. That's awesome. <laughs> so talked to do a little bit more, t- talked more, learned more about the theater and everything. It's just like this really cool like indie theater that happens to be called Prince Charles Theater. Yeah, there's a lot. Okay, so like the pub that was around the corner for me was the, uh, it wasn't a Prince Albert, it was a Prince Alfred. Yeah. Prince Alfred. And uh, it wasn't until we got, I, I want to say we were off of, um, I think we were off Baker Street or something like that. And I spotted another one. And I was all, ah, crap, it's a chain of them. Yeah. So, but they look so old and, you know, authentic oh, yeah. and all this stuff. So you think that, you know, each pub you run into is, you know, like a proper old ass pub. Yeah. So. Well, I did find one of those, and I guess that'd be the perfect time to step into our uh, no food boner. No, place. you don't, don't want to talk about no. Food? I want to know about that goddamn slide. Oh, you want to go to slide yes, first? Yes, that was your first thing. Oh god, I was so excited about this. Oh god, I still haven't shown anybody the video. Um, the, the first day, uh, like I landed, I was jet lagged like a motherfucker, mm-hmm. but I knew like okay, I got the ticket for the slide. I gotta go and do this. I got screwed over by a driver. Everybody makes that mistake, I think, once in London. Okay. Uh, but I got there, got to the top of the slide. They gave me a helmet to put on, and, and of course, me with my freaking odd-ass head. I'm like, um, do you got one larger? <laughs> we went through a bunch of them, but then <laughs> I guess the guy working the helmet area yeah. was new because he's like, oh, there's laces on the back of this. <laughs> it's all fucking, just go. Just yeah. go. Well, it was more for, like, smacking your head around and... And uh, I get to the entrance of the slide and everything, and they're like, they're like, okay, are you ready for this? And they're like, okay, you get into this little sleeping bag thing, and then you push yourself off. Like, you literally, like, you have rails next to you, and then the rails end, and that's when you shove off. All, all I'm picturing is Christmas vacation when he goes one, two, three, and then it's just a streak of fire and light going <laughs> down the hill. <laughs> it, it was Somewhat that way, like, just, ah! I know eventually I will show you and Doug and Phil the video, but, like, it's not really, like, I, I'm i not, like... Do you break into tears midway no. down? No. It's just the fact that the camera is so close to my face, yeah. you can see my nose hairs. <laughs> and, oh like, I'm good with my picture sometimes uh-huh. and everything, but this is me jet-lagged, tired as fuck. I got you. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, God, why can't I have them turn the camera around just to hear me in the background go, oh, my God! <laughs> because it was awesome. It, like, you, like everybody was like, Did you, were you afraid at any point? And I'm like, that last push, like when you're about to let go and go, I had that moment of like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so it's like 15 stories, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so like it's 173 meters. Oh, Jesus, yeah. dude. Yeah, it's That's, up there. Wow. Yeah. and But, like, it goes so fast, though. Like I said, like, it's just that one point where you're about to release when you're like, oh, God, oh, God, what the hell am I doing? What the hell am I doing? Jesus. And then you push off, and you're flying. Not enough time to be able to go, oh, God, I'm going to die. <laughs> dude, that's like 300-something feet in the air. Yeah. And I got to the bottom. Four, four and something. And it was like, oh, crap. Like, literally, if it wasn't so far out of the way from my hotel... I probably would have done it again. Wow. Because it was... How's that first, like, drop? Like, is it, is it like, it, a low... Well, you saw the picture, like... Kind of go down that, a bit, or is it more of a steep drop? Well, I, I know. Well, you, it's not... But this is for the listeners. More well, than you saw the picture where, like, I took the long shot, and then I took... I zoomed in on that little... Right. That's the first drop. Oh, okay. So, so, so you're dropping. Yeah, you're you going. Get, you're getting your speed going. And they put you... <laughs> okay, so when we would go up and do the water slide at Lake Gregory... They give you these little foam mats to lay on, right? Yeah, it's like, 
I would say it's almost like a like a fire blanket. Like, oh, okay, kinda, okay. like you're it's almost like a fire blanket potato sack type thing where you're holding on to it like a strap. Okay. And they're like, you gotta keep leaning back or you're gonna slow down. Yeah. And like go into the turns and everything. And you'll see like when, when I show you the video. <laughs> Like, you're going to see, like, oh, he, he was slowing down there a little bit. Because, and there was points where it's like, oh, God, don't get stuck in this fucking thing. <laughs> but then again, you don't want to come out like a fucking missile at the other end. That would have been kind of cool, too. Just <laughs> go, <"Whoa!" laughs> They're like, hey, so what do you want to do tonight? You want to go buy a post? <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. Uh, that American <laughs> really flew in. <laughs> but, yeah, it was cool. Like, seriously, if it wasn't such a far-ass trip, yeah. I probably would have done it again. Well, cool. See, yeah. I'm gonna have to do that. I'm supposed yeah. to be going back, so. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. take the tube. Don't. Well, you've you've done the whole get screwed by a driver and then go with a cab. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got my screw job by a driver, so. Nice. And then that night, I was supposed to do the night tour. Mm-hmm. The tube kind of stalled on me a couple times, so I was like getting the check-in point. Okay. And honestly, I was getting frustrated. And I was like really tired as fuck. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'm going back to the room and just going to." You said the tube stalling? Well, yeah. It, it just something happened where it's like, "Oh, we're at a red light. We're at a red light." So it was basically something may have been going on in front of us, behind oh, us. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Because I know that that part of it will travel above ground for some uh, a certain portion. They have what's called the you know, your underground, yeah. and then there's your overland trains. Yeah. And then uh, your buses, your taxis. Yeah, that, that, that's when we get to the Tower of London, when I get confused by that. Really? Yeah, I ended up like taking the train, the circle line, all the way to the end. because somebody Oh, that's told, right. You took it to the end of the line. And, and then... because somebody told me to do that, and then I talked to the person at the end of the line, like, oh, you should have been on district, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, oh, yeah. You got to transfer over to district, and the district is like three stops in, and it's, yeah. the, it's the tower. But that's also... And it says, too, you know, this is your exit for the Tower of London. And that's the thing, too. Like, I... That was the one thing I was kind of like, oh, God, hopefully I get this down mm. quickly. And honestly, I had the tube down pat pretty much within. I'm the, telling the, you, dude. I, okay, didn't I tell you before we ever started this whole thing was that their their mode of transportation oh, is so streamlined. Oh, yeah. It's way better than, like, you know, the, the New York transit system and stuff. And New well, York's pretty dialed in, too. Well, that's the key thing right there. And that's the key thing with a lot of stuff in the States mm. is there's money behind it. The oh, transportation yeah. there is government ran, right? Right. Yeah. I believe so. Without having a bunch of people going like, "Oh, I want the contract for this, 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 and this," it's just yeah. There might be somebody who does like the expansion on the tunnels and things like but that. But nothing where but it's like the, here, yeah. where it's like, "Oh, it's we got to get every damn dime we can get from this, or we're not doing this." Yeah. It, this is that's all state run. All goes goes back to the the country itself. Yeah. But uh, oh, dude, I I see. I love taking the tube. Oh yeah, it was oh, awesome. It was fantastic. It was so it was, perfect, and just having an oyster card and just rolling with it was perfect. Yeah. I'm so glad I did the Oyster card. That's if if we're going to do tips yours, throughout this. Did yours have a set amount? Uh, well, when I ordered it, I uh, initially put fifty on it. Oh, okay. See, we paid. I want to say we paid uh, like a couple hundred pounds, I think, for each card. But ours was good all the way. Th- like ours, you had got a, no you did like a week weekly. Plan yeah, ours was no limit, so we did like a week pass. And had we cashed in like the day before, we would have got money for it. But. Yeah. Um, but it was no big deal. Yeah, like, definitely just, get the oyster card. It was yeah, the oyster card ordered from what's the uh, TCM? Or the like the that? London Transportation Bureau. Yeah, whatever it is, go there online. You can order it and put whatever you want on there. Right, and it's perfect. And, and they'll mail it to you ahead of time. Which you won't I get mugged for su- it. No, I <laughs> I highly suggest that you bring it with you. Um, and it's like when we did ours. If you do yours like in a week block or something like that, then you can literally get on any. Any form of public transportation, yeah. and it never you never get 
charge. You never go over a limit. Yeah, I was te- I was tempted stuff. to go on the buses and everything, but honestly, to a, it got to a point where it's like it'd just be a waste of time going on the bus. <laughs> Some of it is. Yeah. Um, it depends on like there's a, there's a website that I told you about, which is like you know Travel London or whatever it is, yeah. and it'll tell you. Uh, you know, sometimes when it's busy during the day, it'll yeah. say, take this train to here, switch switch lines, get off here, then take the bus to such and such place, you know, and do all that stuff. But for me, it's always it's always been easier just to get on the tube. Yeah, and, like, the amount I put on my Oyster card was perfect for the week. Like, right. everything I did, and you can attest from what I've told you and what you were going to be talking about on this episode, I did a lot of shit. Yeah, you did. You did You did a whole lot of shit. Yeah, and I highly recommend, okay, so is it okay to talk food now? Fuck yeah. Okay. Uh, you asking a fat kid? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk food. Well, that's when I was about to talk about food, you are like, no, 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 just, no, I want to talk about you screaming down a slide. Well, yeah, I wanted to hear about that, but just let, let me know. I mean, I'm trying to lose weight, and just let me know if I lick the microphone or anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I might get some drool going myself and some goosebumps going, because good lord of food. Dude. First night I was there, I hit the diner uh, next to my hotel and got some fish and chips. It wasn't like how we talked about before the, like the skin of the fish and then it spread out on top. It yeah, was just so a straight, was... completely beer battered. And so it was just one filet, but it didn't have yeah, any skin on it. No, but it had the mushy peas. How'd you like those? Those, those are, are good. Did you like them? I did. Mine were bland as shit. No, it was, it yeah, was mine good. Were pretty bland. I ended up having to add some, some salt to them. Cause no, I, I dug it. I like, yeah, but it's I'm, different. Cause it's, it's, there's no, it's not like, green beans or peas or anything yeah. out of a can. It's real fucking mushed and it's a bright green. It's not like this grayish green color. Yeah, like and this drab. is the weird thing too. Like the the place next to the hotel, I'm sitting there waiting for my food. I'm glancing out the window. It's snowing. It's starting to snow. <laughs> you sent me that video and I was all, ha shorts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just but fucking chuckled. I'm sitting there and I'm watching the guy working behind the counter and he goes over to another part of the counter Sticks his head underneath the counter and starts talking, like telling somebody down there is like it's snowing out there. Yeah, and I'm like, well, remember uh, what I told you before you went? A lot of a lot of London is built vertically. Yeah, not horizontally. It's a small place. Oh yeah, and they're fucking wall to wall people. So to give yourself more space, you go basement. Like all this stuff is run. Most of the pubs you'll find. Or restaurants are like a single floor. Yeah. And then there's a downstairs. And that's uh, down, where they're going to make downstairs all the food. Where mm-hmm. they have, well, like the, the the Prince Alfred that I was telling you about, ours was, one portion was the restaurant, which happened to be the old botanical greenhouse that was attached to this mansion that we stayed at. Yeah. Um, but they had bought it off, and that was the main dining portion. Then there was the pub attached to it. And then you would go downstairs, and if you look on my pictures, that's where there's a lot of Banksy art down there. Oh, yeah. And um, they've got booths and things like that where you can have big get-togethers and play different games and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, th- like I said, vertically as opposed to well, horizontally. This is, like, he was talking to him down there, and he, the guy walked away and everything. And the order came up, a different order, somebody else was there, mm-hmm. came up in a dumbwaiter. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like... Oh wow! Right. So you just—they <laughs> can always tell that we're Americans because we're so fascinated by the use of simple shit like that. Oh yeah, you're like oh. Oh, if they thought I was wow. looking at the dumbwaiter, like slack jawed, a dude climbed out from under the cabinet, <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, I love this place. <laughs> this is awesome. And so I went back to the room, had my fish and chips. The next morning, like, before I left the diner, they're like, oh, we do a full English breakfast here if you want. And I'm thinking, like, you know, I may come here. 
that changed very fast because I had the hotel set up a free breakfast. They have a breakfast buffet, and that was part of my plan staying now, there. Did that one have the, the, the bangers? Oh, and yeah. All that the- was the thing really? I had every day. You had a continental? Yep. You fuck. Yep. We had to pay extra for ours on our room. Well, yeah, I we paid. It, it was part of my plan, so oh, okay, probably, okay. Like, so I, it was probably paid into anyway. Yeah, and as break uh, it down, baby, break it down. Like, oh yeah, I'm getting uh, all excited. My mouth watering. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I told the guys that yeah, I'll probably be back in the morning. But mm-hmm. then I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll go another day to there. I'll just go to the hotel right. breakfast. I ended up every day at the hotel breakfast Dope. because they had everything. They had the bangers like freaking sausage that would make a grown man weep, and it made me weep. So it made a grown man weep. <laughs> All right. It had the mushrooms. It had the baked beans, tomatoes, eggs, scrambled eggs. They had an omelet thing where you can go, like, I want this stuff on there. They had toast and fresh fruit and all that stuff. It was just like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and after that first breakfast, I decided, screw it, I'm going to go walk uh, Hyde Park for a little bit. Nice. And I spent the, pretty much the entire morning walking Hyde Park, just looking big around. Big freaking park, huh? It's a big freaking park, and I learned very fast. London is a dog-friendly country. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, did you ever go over to, um, is it St. Charles Park? No. The one that's right by the, the, it's between the war rooms. Like, you know where the entrance to the war rooms is? Yeah. If you turn around, that's the park behind you. No. By the time I got to that point, I was ready to go head back. Oh, I got you. I yeah. Got you. Yeah, uh, see, we wandered out of those. We hit the war rooms really early and then wandered I wish across I did. there. <laughs> Was it crazy busy? No, it wasn't crazy busy. It was just... It w- it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot to yeah, yeah, cover. Yeah. Like, I tried to tell you, that's where they, they ran the whole war effort. Well, uh, it's not that. Did you have the headset? Yeah, I did the okay, audio cool, tour. Cool, cool, cool. Because they said, it's free. I'm like, okay, free. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, it wasn't the bunker portion of it. It was the museum part where all the displays, the interaction... Oh, and the center, yeah, the center yeah. portion and all that stuff where they had that to was, go through Churchill's life. Yeah, the timelines and, and everything. And you got to see the Enigma machine yeah, Exactly. And that, was, that was fucking awesome, oh, Yes, it was. Like, the war rooms were amazing, um, but I did Hyde Park, wandered around there. Um, the dogs, like, us being from this area, you see a dog wandering around, I was like, where's the fucking owner? Yeah. <laughs> Is that going to bite me? Yeah. yeah. Well, not even that. It's like, I don't want to see the dog get hurt. <laughs> right, exactly. No, dude, they, they got them right there, and they're playing in the park. And yeah, all kind of, it was yeah, so yeah. cool. Super And then, um, oh, uh, before I forget about um, Hyde Park, it was Kensington Palace is right near Hyde Park, too. Yeah. And That's the one I told you that I walked into at night, almost walked right up to the fucking palace. Yeah. And there's an armed guard out there. You're going, like, turn your ass around. Well, he didn't, he wasn't shitty with me at all. Yeah. He was like, oh, can I help you? And I was all, where am I? And I went, dude, tell me I didn't just walk into, like, a drug lord's. Yeah. And he goes, he laughed at me and goes, no, it's Kensington Palace. And I was like, right there? Yeah. Like, I just accidentally walked into this. And he's like, no, no, we, we knew you were there. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you're fucking SAS. You, you might be a double O, as far as I know. Yeah, but, like, there's no accidents here. <laughs> oh, no, it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, they know everything that's going on around there. But it was, I almost walked right into fucking Kensington Palace. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it was, was a beautiful area. And there's like gorgeous. this orange garden house. Like, I think it's just mm-hmm. a giant greenhouse where I was just like, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, and after I walked off the breakfast, which I had to get a lot of that out of there. Oh, man, you were right around the corner from one of my favorite pubs. Well, after Hyde Park, I went back to the room and kind of planned out my day, make sure my tube scheduling is correct and everything like that, and I'd head out. Did you figure out the pub? No, didn't find it. Okay. If you remember, we'll tag it on or whatever. Yeah, Uh, it's funny because I say it's one of my favorite pubs, and I can't fucking remember uh, the name of it. Uh, the first stop I'd made on my second day was to the oldest church in London, the St. Cathedrals. Okay. And we that was one of the first videos 
I found uh, uh, Joel's guides. Was, oh, okay, yeah. okay. And good lord, this church was beautiful. Like, I went inside, really? and there wasn't really anybody around. So I was just, like, thinking, am, am I allowed to be in here? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, their play, I don't, most of their places of worship don't really close up. They give you some, you know, like the big ones and things like that. They give you place and time and privacy to do whatever you need to yeah. do. Um, I went down, I think it was, like, kind of the sanctuary, like, basement area. Mm-hmm. And there was a dude there cleaning up, I think, or whatever. Couldn't understand damn word he said. Really thick, rogue accent on that dude. <laughs> so I was like, okay, is it cool if I wander around? And he was just like, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Don't know what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> so I went up and went to the cathedral, and you saw the pictures. Uh, yeah. It, freaking. Oh, yeah, absolutely oh, my beautiful. God, jaw-dropping. Like, literally, I walked in. Kind of looking around, not really noticing, and then kind of looked straight ahead at the big, the biggest stained glass I've honestly seen in my life. Yeah. And I pulled a Titus where I was like, holy show, wow, I shouldn't <laughs> say that here. <laughs> because funny. I was just like, I, I'm not saying I'm an atheist, but I'm not the most religious person on the planet. No. I have my faith, but also, too, I it, like I've been telling people, you would have to be like a hardcore atheist to walk in there and be disrespectful. Yeah, that's true. Because it's like, holy crap, this is beautiful. Like, even before I started taking pictures, like, I was in such awe, like, goosebumps, like, just went all over my body. And I just was like, okay, I'm just going to sit down here for a moment and just take this in. And I sat there, I think, literally, like, for five minutes, just kind of just soaking it in. Well, yeah, and it's, I I did the same thing at the, uh, the chapel in the Tower of London. Yeah. Uh, the one you go to after you see the um, uh, Henry VIII exhibit. I think it's in the White Tower. Yeah, yeah so, I think yeah. it's in the White Tower. Yeah, but that was my same thing as I walked in. It was just you could almost feel the reverence. Yeah, and the power and, and the history. There. Yeah, the, the yeah. life that was there. And I took my pictures and everything. And then I, I think I told you this part. Uh, I thought I was locked in. <laughs> <laughs> like I went back to the door to get out and I could not open it to save my life. Yeah, that's right. And I was thinking like, oh God, was that dude telling me like, uh, like funny. he's leaving in ten minutes and he's gonna be locking the door? He's like, uh, well, yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm gonna be locking up. You fuck, mate. Yeah. So I'm like, I try to get the door open. I'm like, oh crap, oh crap. I start wandering around. I go back to the down to the sanctuary area. I go back to the cathedral, just like thinking, okay, what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> It got to a point where I knew there was offices off to the side, so I was like, okay, I'll knock on the door. And I guess it was the pastor or whatever. He answered the door, and he was like, uh, what's what's going on? And I'm like, I, I can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. He's like, oh, you got to do this. You got to kind of jingle it in. I think there was supposed to be a sign there where you're uh, supposed to. And it's like, oh, thank God, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I was just about to say, wow, this would have been awkward if I would have had to use my day to plan to get my ass out of this church <laughs> to call somebody and go um help then after St. Cathedral's it was the war rooms <clears throat> I headed to the war rooms and we kind of alluded to it a couple moments ago like I serious I probably should have been there first thing in the morning to be there it's all long, cause just spend we got there I want to say they open at 9 and we were there just after they opened up yeah and, and we stayed until 12 something yeah. Twelve thirty, almost close, close to one o'clock, and, and we was, just took the whole thing. Oh in, yeah, it, I took I took as much as I could in because right. it's a lot. It, it's a lot. It, it's a lot, and also too, it's one of those places where you can't just blow through it. 
There, there's no way in hell well, the no, wealth. Right? I mean, okay. So for our listeners, you have to understand that the the Churchill War Rooms, it's not just a museum. It's the actual. It's actual war rooms. It's the epicenter of, of London or, or England's. Ner- there was their nerve center for World War Two, and that's where they connect. That's where Churchill was. It's where everybody was. Yeah. And uh, I love the thing about Churchill where he would, you know, his wife would tell him to go to bed and he'd be like, okay, he'd crawl into bed and then climb right back yeah, out. and go do work. Hated being in that bunker. Yeah. Um, loved to be out and try to make himself, you know, like a target, basically. Just, yeah. just didn't want to be driven underground by the, the Germans. And then you see his uh, romper on display, his yeah. <laughs> velvet romper. Yep. And, uh, yeah, you know, he had, uh, they, they have the cigars, of course. And yeah, like his... Honorary uh, citizenship passport to the states. I I want to say the only non-royal to, to have the be status buried in full or to have full oh uh, yeah full honors yeah full yeah. honors you know full state honors uh, from from the UK you know in order to you know for his his burial and all that stuff. yeah and they show footage of his funeral and everything because it was such a big thing for but Queen also Elizabeth too, to do that uh, there's a lot of people like the new generations and everything that don't realize. He lived a long time, and he when yeah. did he die? Seventies uh, or eighties? No, I want to say it was because the footage was, was the color. 70s. I wanna, yeah. well, yeah, it was color, but I mean they had color. But it was, but it was still, yet, so. but no, but it was still like it wasn't like sixties color. It was like like the footage was legitimately like TV coverage, like early seventies. I would say nope, nope. Way he off. died on my birthday, yeah. January twenty fourth, nineteen sixty five. Okay, yeah. but still. He, well, that's right. He is part that. of a, a recent generation. Yeah, he is a part of several generations. If you really want to be technical on that, yeah, he he was something else, man. He um, because he was prime minister, and then um, you, you listen to the whole thing about him where he uh, like he left he, and well, the military goof up that he did. Yeah, the, the well, no, he down. didn't even goof up. It was something it was else. Misinformation. Yeah, and he took the he took full blame on it. And yeah, because stepped. he was in command and he took the advice. And even though it was somebody else's... He stepped down, yeah. but then, like, I think it was like a decade later, he was back in. Yeah, and then he did the whole, um, he, he was prime minister, and then when, um, you know, when the Nazi regime started to rise up, he kept telling them, pay the fuck attention. This Hitler guy somebody you need to He's pay attention to. The <laughs> Germans, you need to pay attention to the yeah. Germans. And when shit started hitting the fan, you know, the... Um, well, that was part of the tour that I really dug, too, where they were talking, like... Churchill refused to meet with Hitler. Yeah. yeah, because he knew basically he knew like I'm gonna pop him in the face. Yeah, <laughs> if I if I can sneak a gun in there, I will blast one in between his eyes for the love of this country. Yeah, and love of the humanity in general. Yeah, well, I mean, and and the whole thing was it was uh... the whole thing was the country had lost faith uh, faith in uh, Chamberlain at that point because he was just. A deer caught in headlights. He didn't know what to do yeah. for wartime. And Churchill stepped in and was like, you know, we'll fight him on the land, we'll fight him on the beaches, you know, we'll fight him on the beaches, we'll fight him in the sky, we'll, you know. And uh, just rallied England, you know, to to answer the, the call and yeah. just took it to the, the oh, yeah. you know. Even after being fucking pummeled by rockets, the V-1 rockets and stuff like that, even after just, you know, the, the bombardment of the country, um, it's, you know, it... it didn't shake his resolve; it just strengthened him. Oh yeah, you know. Like, so I there's, do a little there's bit something about... symbolic about him being driven from above ground, you know, to from the from the prime minister's place, which I love that they have the door in there. That was awesome. And they, uh, but they went underground. So symbolically, 
all they did was entrench him even further. Exactly. And that's basically, you know, what it like, was. I knew a little bit about Churchill leading into going mm-hmm. into the war rooms, but then afterwards I was like, this yeah. dude was a badass. He was. He was this. a legit, like, no-nonsense, and that's why England loved him so much, yeah. you know, and he he was a major figure in English history, even up until the point that he was, you know, stricken very ill and couldn't get, you know, couldn't get out of bed very much. But every time he would make an appearance somewhere, people would just cheer their ass off because it's through his resolve and Queen Elizabeth's support that they came through World War II so strong, you know, that they they did what they did. Yeah. That kind of wraps it up for the war rooms because it, it honestly it's more oh, yeah, visual we, than it is know. more visual, and I'll sit and ramble about that because it was one of my favorite things to see. Yeah, it's such and, a fantastic. And I can already tell you, like I do want to go back. Like yeah. you, you talked about on the pre-episode, wanting to live there. I don't think I can live there. Well, you had a you had a you had a part of England that was much more near and dear to your heart. Yeah. Than just central London was for me. Like yeah. I loved all of London, but I didn't really get over to. Where, where are we going now? Well, where well, did where was your favorite place to visit? Oh, well, we're leading to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. After the war rooms, uh, I kind of wandered around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Got to see Big Ben in its... Cocoon. cocoon. <laughs> yeah. It's all the lattice and framework. Yeah. Because they're, they're doing... Uh, they're, they're just touching them up. Yeah, but also, too, I don't know the sacrilege me saying this. I don't know. You can write us at nowhere underscore californiayahoo.com. Call me a fuck. Even if it wasn't, I was like, it's a clock. Uh, you're a fuck. Okay. No, I'll just say it. You're a fuck. Um, but that, it may be the fact that it was cocooned and everything, and I saw it during the day. How did you like Westminster? Did you see Westminster? Yes, I did. Okay. I saw that. That's basically where I'm going now. Is right. where Because it's all along. You have to understand, if you follow the sidewalk from Westminster, you'll crash into Big Ben and then Parliament and then the... Yeah, I saw Parliament. I saw and the... the Thames River and all the that. Brexit, <laughs> the Brexit protesters and everything. Yeah. So many peaceful protesters. Like, we have peaceful protesters here. Mm-hmm. They have, like, British peaceful mm-hmm. protesters. Just like, I don't like this. Well, they're out there, and they have they have the so the many Union signs Jack. with shit on it. Yeah, they have the Union Jack and everything. Well, it's because a lot of their and I don't want to get too much into it. But yeah, I don't either. the The public vote has been kind of ignored. Exactly. And um, it's there's talk that they're going to force through some of the things in light. I mean, even in lieu of the public vote against it. Yeah. So. But it was it was very interesting, like to see the protesters, and I even saw like the networks, like mm-hmm. the press village, mm-hmm. where I'm just like, wow, this is freaking interesting. And also, well, t- you were there right smack in the middle of all of that, where the the vote and the yeah. timeline and the some of the time frames and the um, uh, what's the fucking term I'm looking for? You were there right in the middle of, of you know all of the where it was supposed to transitions and yeah. the decisions were being yeah, made it was supposed to, and the Brexit time limits was had been set at the end of March. Yeah, yeah. which is funny because uh, my my friend Sean and Christy, they were in uh, Ireland, and that's going to affect Northern Ireland in a major way. Yeah. So and that was kind of thing too, yeah. knowing like there's some there's some tension there, yeah. and not to dive deep into it. When I was going through the Parliament area and everything, I'm standing there thinking. Honestly, I had V for Vendetta pop into my brain. <laughs> Somewhat, I mean, it's not to that degree where they're taking away. I mean, it's well, just... Well, I mean, like, yeah, I, incidences. I, sure. Yeah. And I, I, I get it. It's just... Um, it's just a it's a just a political hotbed. Yeah, right it, but I it mean, was interesting, it really especially is. for my journalism background. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting to be in that area. 
I went through that area of Parliament and everything, and then I got back to my hotel thinking, like, okay, it's time to head out to an honest pub. And there was one pub I really wanted to go to. I mean, you were messaging back and mm-hmm. forth in it because I went on foot looking for it and couldn't find it to save my fucking life. <laughs> so, so you ended up having to? It's finally hit a cap. Yeah. But I messaged you a little bit, think, just kind of venting my frustration. Just like, dude, don't, don't let it get to you. Just either head back out or just go to someplace else. I was hoping so much. That your story about getting into the cab would have involved you getting into the cab, telling him where you wanted to go, him driving about seven feet and letting you out and going, it's right through there. I kind of wish. I would have fucking lost my mind. Oh, I would have been like. You were a little further away. I was like, oh, no, I was in the right vicinity. (coughs) It's just that I was in the right vicinity. Mm. It's just the fact that it's, it, it was one of those places I learned throughout my trip. I went like the Tower of London. Uh, Churchill War Rooms, Stonehenge, and the Opera were the four mainstream things I did. Right. Everything else was, was off, off the beaten path. path. Yeah. And <laughs> I had locals telling me, like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. yeah. And this was one of the, the cabbie knew where it was, but as we drove, I was like, there was going to be no way in hell I was going to find this place on foot. It's one of, there, there's a lot of places that you have to find by, okay, so they kind of coined the phrase nooks and crannies. Yes. Um, it's, it's very indicative of their crumpets and things yeah. like that because, you know, in English, English muffins, ironically, um, because London is chock full of nooks and crannies that have all kinds of little shit in them. Yeah. And you, <laughs> you have to really be willing to go off the beaten path because you'll, you'll go to like, there's a couple of places we went to that started off and the first 25 yards was a dirty alley. Yeah. And then we turn to our right and boom, there's this beautiful little front that's tucked into the back of the building. And you're like, what the? You realize they share yeah, a space. And the place we're discussing right now is the Grenadier um, Pub. Yeah. Uh, it's been there forever. It's supposedly one of the most haunted pubs mm-hmm. in London, but also, too, it's such a beautiful place. Like, you saw the picture. Yeah. The legend of the place is uh, centuries ago, there was a poker game that went down. Somebody tried to cheat. They got gut shot, died. They haunt the pub. And then they either will... Cheating ghosts. They'll staple or glue money to the ceiling mm-hmm. to pay back this guy's debt. And the ceiling okay. is covered in cash. Yeah. And during my time, like, leading research into it, I learned some different traditions of this place. So I knew I had to go to this place because of certain aspects. The first night I went there, I wanted to have dinner there. And I this is probably the greatest meal I've had in my life. Right. Plain and simple. This was the... Uh, roast guinea fowl, and potatoes, red cabbage, and gravy. <sighs> I have never eaten something that caused goosebumps. Yeah. And as, like, they presented it to me, I'm like, am I on Food Network? <laughs> it's, yeah, they and take that, their shit seriously. And that first bite, like, I made sure I got everything onto one fork. Like, mm-hmm. I got cabbage, I got potatoes, and I got the fowl on there. Like I said to you, and I'll say it again, like, in Deadpool 2, they talk about wearing your red pants or wearing your brown pants. When Deadpool met Juggernaut, yeah. I should have worn, worn my white pants. <laughs> I should have worn my, my white pants at the Grenadier because, oh my God, food gasm up the ass. So to go off on a little food tangent, it was <clears throat> I told you that even going to the uh, going to Leesden Studios uh, or or Leesden um, the Warner Brothers Studios. Yeah. Even when we ate in the cafeteria and stuff like that, when Christina got her baked potato. Like, it's, nothing has preservatives. Yeah. That's what you need to understand. And I know that's hard for a lot of Americans to wrap their head around, but it's, like, she had to get a diet Dr. Pepper to taste like a Dr. Pepper 
from the U.S. Like the only soda I had the entire time, I had a Coke mm-hmm. and I had a Fanta, and I could taste the difference. I totally taste the difference, yeah. but it wasn't something where I'm like, oh god, I gotta. I was like, no, this is different. Right, right. But I drank so much orange juice when I was there. Because <coughs> it wasn't all orange juice preservatives and all that crap we get here. Right. And I was down in like left and right, like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, Christina was a, an apple juice fiend for breakfast. We, yeah. we get our, we, they have ice water, uh, apple juice, orange juice, which I think were meant for the kids. Yeah. But, um, and then I got an espresso, which put uh, 78 new hairs on my chest. <laughs> I was all fuck. This yeah. is blacker than the night. It was oh and my you tried god. to make me drink espresso. Man. <laughs> it would have, but see, my heart would have I exploded. I did that the morning of the the Churchill War Rooms. Yeah, and I was good the whole day. Awesome. I was like, but, um, yep. Also, too, kind of might as well hit the entire Grenadier yeah. story now. As we talked about the money on the ceiling and yeah. everything, um, I took some items with me to the Grenadier uh, in the following days to drop off, and I was able to. Drop off a shot glass for Tom. We in the past we've on the ten year anniversary of Tom's passing we had shot glasses made and I brought one of those. And they have it on display now at the Grenadier in one oh, of their uh, cases. That's cool. I took one of my dad's ties, and they, unfortunately awesome. they didn't have the staples to present it properly. But they're going to be sending me pictures when they do. Cool. And then also too, on the ceiling I was able to put one of the one dollar up there for Mr. Egan. Yeah. I wrote, in loving memory of Michael Egan, oh, Captain, my captain, give a little bit of a Robin nod to... Did you put a U.S. dollar up there? Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah. And put, oh, Captain, my captain, gave a little bit of a Robin nod to him. And then uh, I put a uh, Nowhere, California, and Blaze dollar up there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> With all of our names on it. Oh, very cool. But yeah. That yeah. was the part that got me the most. I was like, I, it was, I thought it was a huge gesture for your father, for Tom, for Egan, all of that stuff. And then when you said you threw ours in there, I was like, oh, dude, that was the, I knew you were doing the other stuff. Yeah. But the, you know, the, yeah, I, our four names on there was, was even before cool. I left, I kind of knew like, I'm going to be doing something. No, like I know. took a sticker with me and mm-hmm. I, I didn't stick it anywhere because I was doing everything else, but I knew I had to do a dollar for us. That's cool. Yeah. That's very, very cool. And then that was pretty much for the Grenadier. The following day, I was the Friday. It was opera day. And unfortunately for me, I ran and gun it the entire day. Uh, first thing I did, I hit the exterior location for the BBC series Black Books. Okay. If you know the book store and the show, it's uh, a bookstore. It's based on a bookstore in London. The owner is curmudgeon. Bernard Black, and he it's 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 a typical BBC dark comedy, right? Plain and simple. I found the location for that. Everybody's like, you didn't go to any Doctor Who or Harry Potter? No, I wanted to see Black Books. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> and then um, I headed out to lunch, and I hit the cafe in the crypt. Took me yeah. fucking forever to find that fucking place. Like it ended up having me go. I'm in. sensing a common theme here. Well, like I said, yeah, I went out to Beaton Path. Beaten yeah. It ended up with me having to go into the National Gallery to wheeze off their Wi-Fi since it's free and you can go in for free. I'm not a paintings person. I learned that very fast because I tried to go through it. I'm just like, boring. Yeah, Yeah, you know, I I do some artwork stuff, but for the most part, I'm like, "Mm." yeah, I was hungry, though, too. And I really wanted to find this cafe. So I figured it out and I got somebody to kind of show me. And it was like it was just right around the corner from the National Gallery. And went down. Like we talked about in the past, it's a fucking mausoleum that has a cafeteria. (laughs) And you, you, there's tombstones going on along the bottom. And you'd think, like, maybe some people, like, I'm not eating in a mausoleum. <laughs> it was wall-to-wall. Safest place to be? It has a wall-to-wall people. 
I don't doubt it. Yeah. I, I don't doubt it. Like, you know, you find places that are eccentric and, and uh, like off the beaten path and kind of interesting. And they become places where you go because, hey, I can say I've been here. Yeah. And people and go, I've never place. heard of that. Yeah. Especially when you have locals that are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. You know, and so you've, you found something within their city that they didn't know existed. Exactly. And that's always awesome. And that's the thing, too. Like, <clears throat> when I told, like, was trying to find directions, people were like, what? Huh? Mm-hmm. But the food was amazing. I had a vegetable soup, uh, roast beef, and rocket sandwich. Okay. And a uh, nice soda. And then after that, I headed to the former residence of the one and only Freddie Mercury. Nice. Yeah. Which I was so jealous. Yeah. Now, you ha- okay, you mentioned to me something about the door. Yeah, it was weird. Like, before I went, I like Googled images kind of to make sure I know what I was looking for. And on the wall, there was a bunch of graffiti, like Queen Graffiti fans, probably like signing in their names and just... Right, like they do on Abbey Road where you yeah. find the sign. And then the door is there. Mm-hmm. It took me a little bit to find it, since it, it was it was easy to miss. Right. Seriously. And I got there, and there were some people already there. I'm like, this is this where I'm thinking? And they're like, yeah, yeah. And the door was behind plexiglass. Now, was it one of those metal doors like they typically have set into the walls? Yeah, and stuff it like was uh, like... Did it have courtyard. a buzzer thing on it? Yeah, it had the buzzer and everything like that. That's why. Yeah. Because I was trying to figure it out when you told me. I was like, why the fuck would they wall? And then it, I remembered there's a lot of intercoms. And things like that, which buzz into the house. Yeah. So they probably have that sealed off so that people can't... Keep that place secure and everything. One, because supposedly his ashes are buried under a tree there. That's the urban legend. Well, he left that to her. Yeah, and then also, too, Mary Austin still lives there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she still lives there, and... um... And you gotta unfortunately think, like how we talked about in the past on Nowhere, unfortunately there's some fans that don't take a hint. No, not at all. That need to be chill about it, and... That's unfortunately probably the reason there's a big plexiglass wall in front of that door now. And But at least everybody's able to still go pay their respects yeah, and absorb. Just be like one of the greatest voices of all time lived here. Yeah, and that's, you know, like she went through a lot. She had to deal with a lot. Yeah. There's, what, right, there's a thing here on the Daily Mail in the UK that says she was, you know, I was cursed by Freddie's fortune, Queen Star's lover. Um got his millions was cruelly attacked by jealous rivals and even abandoned by Mercury's own bandmates at one point. Yeah. It's one of those things where, um, you know, like you win the lottery and everybody starts hitting you up. Like, exactly. Like, you know, sob story and things like that. Well, but, like, we, it, just in the movie in general, like, we know most based on true stories and everything, mm-hmm. they gloss over the percentage of truth. But you got to think a lot of the manipulation towards Freddy yeah. to go solo and everything like that and live that life that, unfortunately... Led to well, illness yeah, I and mean, here's, the, here's the thing that the movie really didn't get into a whole lot because it was more about him becoming, discovering who he is and, yeah. and living that without shame. Yeah. Um, because it was still in that transitional period of, you know, um, homosexuality was so frowned upon. Yeah. So he was a sexual fiend. He loved intimacy and sex and, yeah. you know, and all that stuff. And that's just... That was who he was. Yeah. That's who he was. And that's how he contracted HIV, which became AIDS. That's also how his, uh, the man that he ended up spending the, the rest of his life with. Um, that's how he also, like, the, not because of their connection, but by the time he had met him, or they got together, I should say, by the time they got together, he had already, both of them had HIV and AIDS. Yeah. Because he died just a few years later after Freddie passed away. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... 
it was definitely a life of opulence and decadence and things like that. But it's exactly the kind of life you would expect a rock star and an icon like Freddie to live. Exactly. You know, we don't frown upon Motley Crue for their, you know, like we're, they're now celebrated in a Netflix I saw special. it. Oh, you really need to. No. <laughs> That's all. I'm not the so biggest good. Motley Crue You don't fan. have to be. You don't have to be. It's just an interesting story. Yeah, and, you I know, mean, eventually I'll get to it. But, but um, it's, you know, we don't, we don't ever really shame our rock stars and stuff for stuff like that. But for some reason, a lot of people... Still do. They, they give Freddie a lot of shit, especially, I think it's because one, he's gay and he contracted HIV and AIDS, where a star like uh, Elton John never did. But he was a champion for the cause when people like Ryan White, his, you know, the... The, the uh, boy scout. Child, yeah, he was the, the child who developed HIV through a blood transfusion yeah. and everybody treated him like an outcast and exactly. a leper. You know, true, a lot of people were afraid and didn't understand what was going on, but nobody was willing to really learn. Either. Yeah, no one was so, real, willing yeah. to step up. So Mercury, you know, died of this. Uh, Rock Hudson happened to pass away at that time. We found out that he was gay, you know, also, yeah. and everybody was like, Ugh. you know, uh, it, it's, it's just a, fu- it's a fucking travesty. Yeah, and it's good, at least in some, <clears throat> in some circles and revelance in this world. It's getting better. Unfortunately, there are a lot of aspects of that where it's fucking not. I'm really hoping that in my lifetime I will see a situation where nobody bats an eye yeah. at a gay couple or a lesbian couple walking down the street and that we don't necessarily refer to them as that anymore. We just call them couples. Yeah. You know, I, I'm the proud father of a transitioning child and a gay child. Yeah. I love it. They're they're fantastic, wonderful people. Anyway, and then it's not a defining moment. So the fact that that keeps, gets heaped on to to Freddie is so unfair. Yeah. To move from one musical aspect to another, mm-hmm. uh, that night I hit the Jack the Ripper opera. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. It was yeah. freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Like the theater. Like I knew I was going to have to hit the cab for that because it was going to be. I knew it was going to be one of those ones. It's going to be a pain in the ass to find. Well, that's one of the things that we missed out on. Was the Jack the Ripper tour? Yeah, that was going to take you around. You know, the, yeah. I decided I, I bypassed that one, and right. I did talk to somebody on. I did talk to somebody on the Stonehenge tour that took that same Jack the Ripper tour. Right, and I was like, "How was it? How was it?" And he's like, "It was good." See, and that's you know that's part a, of the reason I want to go back is because I want to hit those things. Yeah, but um, it was interesting. Like like we talked about before, it was my first opera, but of course the Jack the Ripper. So we I knew most of the stuff going in. And the story was very good. Like, they circled the story around the five initial victims. Okay. And But there was one lead. What was the name of the, the opera, do you remember? Uh, Jack the Ripper, the Women of Whitechapel. Right. And there was one lead that kind of connected all the stories. And not to really dive too much into it. it, it you, everybody knows Jack the Ripper stuff. Sure. But this one kind of delved into, like, the outside aftermaths of people being beaten by police and suspected and all that stuff, but also, too, the way the women died was very interesting. It was not graphic at all. Okay. Which you would think, like, oh, wow, you think there'd be more blood in a Jack the Ripper or anything. Right. But, like, one of the st- one of the women was on the street, under a street lamp, uh, singing about items in her purse. Mm-hmm. She started talking about certain items, and behind the, on the stage would open up and a coroner's table in a corner was rolled out, and he had a, a the same bag sitting on the table. As she would describe one item, and go to him talking about the exact same item. Oh, how cool! And I was like, oh, that is awesome. 
Yeah, see, it's... Uh, <clears throat> and there's been some recent breakthroughs through DNA and different things like that that they think they may have identified who the Ripper was. Yeah. I am one of those guys that's like, I don't want to know. Yeah. I don't want to know. I, it's it's one of those enduring mysteries <clears throat> of a time of a bygone era where you just don't know. You don't well, that know exactly was kind of the conversation is. I had with uh, Jeremy the following day. Right. right. Um, we we're talking about serial killers and everything. He's like, it's kind of interesting. Jack the Ripper only killed five people and his infamy still lives. Well, it's because he was so confounding to the police. Exactly. Nobody could track him. They could not anticipate but what he was going to strike. But then you see, like, the random serial killer that kills 20 people, and mm -hmm. it's like, fuck this dude. Well, it's... But, they, but yeah, also, too, you look at, like, the Ted, mystery and the Ted romanticizing. Bundy, yeah. Dahmer and everything like that, where... Dahmer had his shtick. Dahmer was a... He was a cannibal. Yeah. And he was also homosexual. Um, you know, Bundy was a charmer, and, you know, all these things. Gacy... Gacy Although he never once killed a fucking kid as a clown, he's associated because he was a children's birthday party clown. Exactly. It gave him, you know, so there's a, each person has their stick. Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. I don't know why I know so much about serial killers. Right. Um, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. He was a guy that, he, he was a Satan worshiper, walked around with black sunglasses and black clothes on, openly had, uh, you know, the uh, pentagram tattooed onto him, you know, 666, all of that stuff. And would enter into people's homes and do things like that, you know? Plus, his was had a little more infamy because of the way he was caught. He's <laughs> like, the public got him before the cops did. Yeah. And beat the living shit out of him. Yeah. So, Which is always each awesome. one, you know, like, there's lots of serial killers, but unless they have something interesting to them... Yeah, and the mystery of Ripper is that. Is that. And he is the most infamous yeah. of... At least, of, well, I mean, you have Betty Bathroy and things like that, but... He's the most infamous because nobody, to this day, nobody knows. That's the difference. Jack the Ripper is a mystery person. Yeah. In everybody's mind. And He's that a mystery kind of, person. That was the interesting part. Like, leading into the trip, <clears throat> I was kind of looking at cast listing and everything like, okay, what, is Jack the Ripper going to be in this? And he's not, is he? In a way. Okay. The Greek chorus. Oh, that's right. You told yeah. me this. If I'm understanding what I saw correctly, the Greek chorus was the Ripper. Okay. Because, like, initially when the play started, the girls were in their uh, flop house and everything. Mm -hmm. and they're all in their spots and everything. But there's these corridor doors all the way around the stage. And there was levels of them. I'm thinking, like, oh, when they first initially, like, opened up this slat, mm -hmm. it was a guy standing there with the top hat on leering in. And then as the song progressed, the doors would open and these cloaked men would come in. I'm like, oh, my God. God, what are they doing here? And then I'm seeing all the other doors. I'm like, if by the end of this play, all those doors have freaking rippers, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> it didn't, unfortunately. No, but it, it served as the looming presence. Yeah. Well, in like one of the deaths, like the two, there was two women, like their stories diverged, but their scenes were still together on the stage. Mm -hmm. And they kind of led them to the center of the stage, and then all of a sudden the Greek chorus came in and started circling them, literally like sharks. And as the song crescendoed and built up, they slowly started descending on the two women, and it ended up with them to the two women like sticking their hands in the air, like they're being swarmed by fucking sharks. Yeah. And it was like I'm sitting there going, being swallowed. Oh by, my god! Yeah, swallowed by the legend. And we talked about this before. Um, the first act of the play, my whole day, like I'm. 
I'm falling asleep. And it's not because the play was boring. No, but you can go, 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 go. And there was one point I, sh- <clears throat> I shocked myself awake and smacked my head on the wood behind me. It didn't hurt, but I'm thinking like, oh, God, hopefully nobody heard that. <laughs> but, oh, oh, God, there's so much I could say on that. Was it was it a packed house? It was a pretty packed house. Yeah. Yeah. It was a the premiere weekend for the play, and it, with the play aside and everything, just the visuals of the theater alone, the balcony seats, the right. box seats and everything like that, and even just the hallways, like, as soon as the first act ended, I bolted because I needed to get something in my system. You were telling me in a text, right. like, espresso, and I'm like, I want my heart not to explode. <laughs> right. I've never had espresso. <laughs> so I grabbed some ice cream. I think it was Cornetto. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I think so. If I remember the package correctly, got the ice cream and enjoyed the rest of the night. It was freaking phenomenal. Wow. Like, it was an amazing freaking moment play. I don't know if I'm going to exactly rush back to an opera anytime soon. <laughs> but if that was you my... You were so excited before you left, too. Yeah. Well, but it yeah, was, I mean, it's... Yeah. A, it's a ripper opera. You have to... You have to really be invested in listening. I mean, and it, and it helps that... It was, a, it was English, too. Even though they, even though they sing... Even though they sing, they have to act. They, they have to move and convey a story. Yeah, exactly. Not just through words, because, you know, if you go to an Italian opera or a Spanish opera or a French opera, you either have to speak the language or you have to be able to see what they do through their movements and their motions and their thing, you know, the yeah. way that they do stuff. Yeah, so, but, yeah, you know, it's... Um, also, too, like I showed you the, the empty stage picture, the finale of it was where the most blood happened because the lead... Uh, girl is dead and she's standing in her casket with the aftermath of everything around her. Mm-hmm. Like all these open graves and all the other women are showing up in apparition form and she reaches down grabs some blood from the inside the casket and yep. then just drapes it around her neck and just, just crescendoing and building up the stage is bright white at this point. Right. And I'm just sitting there going like what the hell? <laughs> Here's a couple of the reviews for it. Uh, excellent production and performance. Very moving emphasis on the plight of the women caught in the turmoil yes. of Whitechapel and the Jack the Ripper era. So glad I experienced this. Uh, Roy Sanders said, excellent production. This was just six days ago. Five days ago. Excellent production. Uh, good sir titles. Otherwise, uh, words unintelligible as usual for, you know. An opera. Yeah. It's, there, you know, there's a few others that were like three stars and stuff like that, but it was it was mainly just, you know, real aficionados of, yeah. uh, you know, whatever. Well, it wasn't like directed towards like me, but I still went. Right. Because it was Jack the Ripper. It was either that or going to see Matilda. <laughs> well, I think you probably would have done well either way. Yeah. But uh, I, I see why you, you know, chose Jack the Ripper. Yeah. And uh, we're actually getting close to the end. Of the trip. What? Because we're on Saturday. No! Uh, Saturday started out with meeting up with uh, the writer of Grand Theft Parsons and the co-writer of Clown Wars and the writer of the upcoming Aaron Eckhart movie, Live, Jeremy Drysdale. We know that guy. Yeah, I interviewed him. That's awesome. So you get to actually hang out with him. Yeah, and it was pretty much that. Like I was thinking going in, like, okay, maybe get some conversation for the podcast and everything. Right. And we met up at this place called the the Black's Private Club. Which, I was thinking like, okay, what's what's going on here? And I realized very fast, and he told me about the place. Mm-hmm. It's a members-only pub. Like, and that's awesome. Yeah. So he's a member invited you in as a yeah. guest. Yeah. So, so that's I got cool. there and realized what was going on. Like, wow. 
was it quiet and very quiet yeah like, like i told everybody you, involved in their own thing yeah like the guy at the check-in area was like oh you're here to see jeremy i'm like yeah <laughs> like what the hell is going on here going that's to, rad he leads me into the parlor jeremy's in there and uh there's the only other guy in this little room in this whole building is some dude just on his computer and his dog's just there a little pomeranian mm-hmm. dog and as me and jeremy are talking the dog kind of just trolls over to us like pet me <laughs> so you have to you have to understand that that's probably probably people that have a little bit of wealth yeah and people who have paid into a service to be part of a private club either yeah. that or it may be an invitation only i don't know yeah but uh th- these are people that don't want the hustle and bustle and because i'll tell you what man i was at a pub on a friday night it's, and it was nucking foots. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, I felt like I just filled myself right there and <laughs> censored myself for no reason. Um, but it got, you know, it, it gets crazy and it gets raucous and rowdy. And and that's fun. But for the, you know, pubs are such a huge part of, of England in general. And, and, you know, most of the British and the, you know, Scotch, uh, Scottish and the, uh, the Irish and stuff like that. Pubs are such a huge part of their uh, day-to-day life that... You'll find them a stone throw on every corner, almost kind of like your ABCs yeah. in uh, Hawaii. But people look for a place to get out of, you know, yeah. the hustle and bustle of everything else. So Yeah, it, we sat there, we talked for about 30 minutes, had uh, beer and everything. And I even mentioned, like, hey, do you want to do anything for the podcast? He's like, he, he was like, no. He's like, no, let's just in, enjoy the day, man. I'll, we'll have a drink here. I'll show you around Soho. We'll hit the French house, which is a very famous pub of Soho. Uh, really? Like he took me in there and showed me around, showed me the pictures on the wall. It was like wall to wall. He's like, this area is such a creative mecca. Oh, like, that's awesome! Yeah, man. and I'm like, okay, cool. And we had the beer there. We had a beer at the French house, and then he basically took me on a walking tour of Soho. Really? <laughs> yeah. He showed me different places. He showed me like one of the noses of Soho. Is okay. artist installation. A artist, I forget the name, put eleven noses throughout London. Oh, up on the walls. That's right. You uh, yeah, and kind of a protest to the closed circuit TV installations. Uh, like keeping your nose out of my business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He showed me those. Uh, he showed me like how we talked about in the pre-episode talking about the walk-ups. Okay. Uh, he was like, oh, I got to show you this. Your friends will love it. Um, there, but we couldn't find the sign. It basically was a sign that said, this is not a brothel, no walk-up, no prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. So there's probably people walking and going, where the horse? Yeah. They're probably like, you know, I'm looking for a piece of ice. Where's, yeah. where's the birds? Where's the birds? Yeah. So after that, we walked around. He showed me around. He showed me where the first uh, television was demonstrated ever. Really? Yeah. And then he showed me the place where Mozart lived. <laughs> and so. Holy shit. Yeah. It was nuts. And we're just going around showing everything like, like. Different. What an amazing little tour and a yeah. cool thing to do. Yeah, and we're talking everything. And I'm like, dude, I can't think enough for this because we're going to part ways. He was like, oh, I'm going to meet up with my wife, so you're good for that? I'm like, dude, this has been beyond what I could ever ask How for. How awesome like, is that? I even told him, like, I totally expected, like, like I, me being me, I was thinking, like, oh, I'll see if he wants to meet up. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, definitely. Then something will happen where it was like, oh, I can't scheduling. But he's like, oh, no worries, man. It's only like an hour out of the way to get here. I'm like thinking, you took an hour to get here? <laughs> to meet me? And, okay, so now that may mean that he's either a member of that, that may be the only one, or there's a series of those pubs. Um, and once you become a member you're, of them, you're you a can go to any yeah. one of them. So yeah, it that's was, probably a strong possibility he, there, too. Yeah. So he parted ways, but it was just like, it. 
And to have that full circle happen right. from nowhere, like er, the early days of nowhere, and just from the first time I ever watched Grand, Grand Theft Parsons mm-hmm. to go to London to meet up with the writer after just kind of like initially when I first started talking to him on Twitter, I posted a tweet to Knoxville about his role. And then Jeremy commented on it, and I was like, and I was like, oh, who's this guy again? And then I'm like, oh, my God, it's the writer. Yeah. And me being me, I'm like, I want to talk to the writer. Right. <laughs> and then Nowhere started to, to evolve and everything like that, and being able to talk to him on an interview that way. Right. And then all this stuff, too. And, like, during the time at Black's, he's like, have you, have you seen the trailer for Live yet? I'm like, I don't think it's out yet. He's like, okay, cool. Here, watch this. I watched the trailer for Live, and it's not out yet. That's awesome. Yeah. And it had... It was. Oh man, I can't wait for that movie. And he's gonna. He said he'll definitely want to Skype when. And well, Eckhart's the lead in this one. Right? Yeah. Okay. And he said he'll Skype in uh, when it gets closer to release, and we'll be able to have a conversation again with Jeremy. That's awesome. And catch up. That's awesome. <laughs> I guess I officially I... I could say my friend Jeremy. Yeah. I, well, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think so. Uh, I hope I can sit in on that one, you know, because I, it's my goal to get back to to London and to get back to you know the UK. Um, as soon as possible. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'd love hey, to. Depending on where my travels and everything go, I may be heading back in the next three years. Yeah, that's... For my 40th birthday, I think I may be going back to it's, London. It's something else, man. It's yeah. something else to experience. So. And after me and Jeremy parted ways, I decided to head out to Camden. <laughs> now, that's where I was getting to because you left your heart or found your heart in Camden. Yeah, I realized, like, usually, like, with Hawaii, when I was in Hawaii, I was kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, I kind of want to go back here. I, I kind of want right. to do this again. But as soon as I got to Camden, I was like, oh, wow, this is this is amazing. Right. It, it, Camden is a small section of London. It's a very artist, musician, creative uh, creative melting pot. Yeah. Where you're seeing all these little shops, these restaurants. There's the Camden Market where I went to the place you suggested to me, the cheese bar. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and oh. the Stilton Bacon Bishop. Grilled cheese sandwich with peach chutney. How do you like chutney? It was nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. beautiful. And that was amazing. And then started walking around the market area going like, okay. Checking everything out. And then I was like, you know what? I got to go to the Rock and Roll Rescue. That was another one of the Jules videos. Right. And that was basically on the other side of Camden. So I got to walk through all of Camden just absorbing everything and you know me like usually in a sea of people right my anxiety would normally just kick right in there it did not really i was just like everybody's here for the same reason it's not like it's people are just randomly oh i'm in camden why why am i here no you're here to enjoy what's around you there's the street musicians and everything and going down and I'm trying to find a rock and roll rescue. I stopped into this one little restaurant, and the two Russian guys working the counters were amazing. Because I'm like, hey, I'm trying to find this place, and they're like, you're American. I'm like, yeah. And one of the one of the guys is like, you know why I love America? And I'm like, uh, no. Just thinking like, where is this going? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't like, should I protect my oyster card? <laughs> no, it was like, okay, where is this going? He's like, you know why I love America? I'm like, no, I. And it's like, my wife lives there. I'm like, thinking. Who's your wife? Katy Perry. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, she's the reason we I love her too. I'm like, she's the reason I watch American Isle, man. And 
the other guy working the counter was trying to look up the directions for me. And then he got the directions. I took off. And before I took off, I popped my head back in after thinking. I was like, hey, dude, I'll say hi to Katie for you when I get home. Right. He's like, thank you. <laughs> got to the rock and roll rescue. Hung out there for, I'd say, about 45 minutes. But as I was checking out, I was talking to the lady working the counter going, like, I honestly could spend the next five hours in this place just yeah. exploring everything you got in here. Yeah. And- you know, Unfortunately, I, I was so jealous that you got to go, and then you told me the heartbreaking news. The uh, Depeche Mode? Yeah, the Depeche keyboard. Mode keyboard. Is somebody gone. bought it. Yeah, but it was still, it, it was amazing. Like, I knew I had to buy one of the shirts. I, it was now probably one of my favorite shirts right now. It, oh, yeah. See, the the like, skulls and the crossed guitars with Camden, uh, Rock and Roll Rescue. I'm like, oh, that's Yeah, awesome. see, now I need to hit something like that up because the, uh, the only shirt that I picked up while I was there was the uh, my David Bowie shirt. Yeah. And, uh, but that was just from one of the rock and roll like merchandise just, yeah, places yeah. or whatever, you know. It, so. It's London. They're going to have David Bowie stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. All over the place. And then I finished up there, and then I went back to the Camden Market because I wanted to hit the Serial Killer Cafe. Oh, that's This good. place is a nostalgia freaking wet dream. And I'm not just talking about the girls working the counter. <laughs> oh, then, yeah. You did, you did dote on them girls, huh? I'll, I'll, the... The girl situation there for me, I lost count of how many times I proposed in my mind and how many times I got drinks thrown in my face in my mind. Because <laughs> <laughs> there were some oh, lovely girls and some lovely accents. Good Lord. But the Serial, serial Killer Cafe was it was decked out wall-to-wall, all these cereal boxes in the main area. Right. I made my order for the Cookies and Scream milkshake. It was like I'm guessing, like Oreo cookie cereal, <laughs> with uh, like a custard milkshake and everything. Yeah. As they were making it, they handed me a VHS copy of What a Mess, and like in most restaurants, they have the number little number card for your orders. Right. They do VHS tapes. Really. I got What a Mess. I kind of noticed at one table somebody had Police Academy, the other one had '89 Batman. And that's how it went. I was like, that is so cool. So then they would bring your order based off what movie you had. or that's, Exactly. That's it was cool. so cool. And then, like, on one side of the main eating area was this case of nostalgia toys. There was, like, Chippendale Rescue Rangers plushes, like, large plushes. Really? The talking uh, dinosaur baby from Dinosaurs. Ugh. An original Game Boy. All these different things. I'm just like, that is fucking amazing. Well, that's pretty fucking cool. And then on the other side is more uh, cereal boxes, and I took a bunch of pictures of those because it was just, there's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure cereal. Yeah. There's G.I. Joe, Gremlins, Wrestling, Mr. T, Mr. T um, Nintendo, and it was just like another place where I could have spent the next five fucking hours in. It was funny how many, how many different cereals we were sold in the 80s that really... Like, the Gremlin cereal is no different than the Mr. T cereal. Exactly. It is no different than the G.I. Joe cereal. That is no different than, you know, the, well, the Smurfs were a little different because it was blue. But, yeah, it was, I mean, it, they're all the same thing, just different shapes. Yeah. So, and all General Mills, all of them. Also, I told you about this. They have a VIP room where they were having a private party, but there was a standing arcade uh, cabinet for the WrestleMania arcade game. Oh, and we know this one. Yeah. With Legion of Doom, Big Boss LOD, Man. LOD, Big Boss Man, had the... the, the uh, animation to it, not like live action. It was like animating. And I, uh, if it wasn't a private party in there, I would have been like, can I play? It has Macho King, Ultimate Warrior, yeah. Hogan, Sergeant Slaughter, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I had my cookies and scream and then realized how much dairy I had for the day. So with my history of stomach issues, mm-hmm. I knew it was time to head back. Luckily, that night and the entire time I was there, my stomach did pretty well. Uh, it may very well be the preservatives exactly. and things like that. In the stomach and also, too, the fact I had no tension or stress going through me. Well, you know, and it's another thing. <laughs> Don't you feel kind of dumb that we promote... You know, Briars and Dryers ice cream, all natural. <laughs> all natural, my We have ass. to sell. We have to sell items that say all natural on them, or we celebrate the organic. You know, whatever it is. But here, it's you know, or over there, it just comes in everything. That's yeah, the it's way it like, is. Yeah, it's like natural here. We don't even have to sell it because it's yeah. it, it's that. And that ended my Saturday leading into my birthday on the Sunday, right. and leads to the road the to Stonehenge trip. Yes, the, the road, road to Stonehenge. Uh, basically, the quick story on the prelim, got on the bus, loaded up, uh, talked to some people outside, and it was like, yeah, didn't really mention my birthday at all that day, because I was just like, I don't want a big deal, I just want to go and enjoy. Yeah. And uh, the first stop, we stopped in Bath, mm-hmm. which I can see the historical significance of the Roman baths and everything like that, but also to me, it was like, it smells funky here. <laughs> yeah, just didn't give two shits. Yeah, but it was cool. I did the tour, did the audio tour. Uh, I think one thing that may have caused me not to really give two shits about the tour, mm-hmm. on my way off the bus to the Roman Baths, there was a bar down the stairs that uh, in this area. It was a magic bar. Oh, so, well, that's way more interesting than the bath. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I can rip through the tour, get back over here. Yep. But lo and behold, I got back there toward the end of the day, that leg of the tour. It was closed. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, it was, it's only closed on Sundays, and we were there Sunday. Oh. <laughs> Which, yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah. But the bath tour was interesting. Um, the one thing I'll mention, like, the water is pretty gnarly looking because it's still the, the natural water from yeah. all those years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the tour guides told us <clears throat> multiple times, do not touch the water. Do not touch the water. It's not treated. It's going to give you the Mexican poops, it, the Montezuma's Revenge. Well, nobody drank it, thank God. If somebody drank it, I'm like, I would have probably verbally, like, I hope you, you get dysentery. You dumb dumb, yeah. But there's people touching it, like, running their fingers through it. I'm just like, you're going to be lucky if you just get a rash. Really? Yeah. Ugh. But then, I just wanted to touch it just to see how it feels. And I ripped my eye, and now I'm back. <laughs> yeah, no. pretty much. And then at the end of the store, there was an actual, like, filtered spring of it where you can taste it. Oh, okay. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was like, pro- like you said, like probably the most natural mineral water you can ever have. Well, you have to understand again. You know, like I, I just had um, uh, the the wa- bottle of water that I had when I came over here is Boss. It's yeah. uh, Norwegian. It's from Norway. Um, it's uh, an artesian well spring in Norway. So it's pretty, you know, pretty clean. But Aquafina, everything else is just super filtrated tap water here. Yeah. So when you drink water that actually comes from the ground, that actually comes from, uh, you know, a well within the earth as opposed to, you know, something that's going through a treated plant and all that stuff, it's different. Yeah. It's different. You just kind of go... Yeah, it it was interesting. I knew, like, at the end of the tour, I was definitely going to try it just because, fuck it. Uh, Right. uh, Yeah. And then uh, leaving the tour to head back to the Magic Bar, (laughs) there was a guy performing on a unicycle outside juggling flaming torches so i was like oh i gotta check this out <laughs> and really good performer and everything didn't have any money on me to throw in i had my money for the day yeah but nothing where it was like broken up where i could do it and at, he even said like uh, please if you don't even have money please just at least come up and say something to me so i know you oh, appreciate cool. it 
not go, oh, fuck, I'm out of here. And I did it. I walked up to him, I'm like, dude, I am severely kicking myself for not having money. My, my train of thought says, I wanted to go up behind him with a paper bag and blow it up and go, boom, and be like, hit the ground, you know, and watch. Well, he was <laughs> like, he had a... him into the air and fall off the end. He's like... He had a lady in the crowd holding one of the flaming torches. Okay. And he's like, you know what happens if you throw it and hit me in the face? You get two back in yours. <laughs> uh. <laughs> he, he played the crowd very well, and good. he was good and everything. So we load back on the bus, head to Lecoq. This is going to be my chance to say Lecoq a lot. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, we didn't get a chance to really stay in Lecoq too much, but it was where they filmed a lot of uh, Harry Potter and Lecoq. <laughs> <laughs> I completely just—I heard Harry Potter. I heard you in there, but I'm yeah, just they, they filmed some Harry Potter there, and we went to the Georgian for our lunch, kind of slash early dinner, and that's okay. where I had the roast pie, chips, carrots, and everything. And that roast pie was oh my god, amazing! Yeah, did you did you partake in any uh, the the Sunday? No, uh, didn't get a chance to. You didn't do okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we talked I'll, about the Sunday roast being yeah. a big deal, you know. I was trying to, but unfortunately, we were there so quickly, and it was like a preset menu for us. Right. So it's pretty much in and out. And the only thing, there's like fish and chips and some other stuff. It's like, I'm not going to go to the typical. I want to go normal. Right. And then, like, the desserts were like cheesecake and some other stuff. But I chose the sticky toffee pudding, which is good God oh, amazing. Yep. Yeah. So we got down there, loaded up, and headed to Stonehenge. Really? Yeah. We had to be there at a certain time because basically we were it. Yeah. The day was done for everything else. Yeah. We were the only people on the grounds. Oh, how dope is that? Yes. Okay, so. I guess this would be the you, time, yeah. For those of you that don't know, his Stonehenge trip was going to be the highlight of his thing. And it was. On his birthday. And um, he was he was doing the sunset. Yeah. Uh, the sunset experience. So he got to watch, you know, the sun kind of going down at, from Stonehenge and things like that. Yeah. And uh, personally, I think it's the best pictures that you had there. I know you had one of the, the you had the best tour guide in the world. Yeah, the tour guide uh, Frank was amazing. Like yeah. he, he, like the best way to describe him is a true English bloke. Okay. Like he had that right accent level where you could understand him. <laughs> right. And but also too is like, can you just read me a story as I try to go to sleep? <laughs> Can you just recite these lines so I can play them while I'm on the plane? Yeah. And on the way to, like, we were on a shuttle bus going to the the actual site. And he said, "Uh, to answer everybody's question now, yes, I will take your picture. (laughs) (laughs) And the way he did it, like, he broke us up into two groups. Like, the second group could go milling around the outer circle as he takes us into the inner circle. Like, he'll walk us around the outer inner circle and then walk us through. And it was, like, everybody afterwards was, like, emailing me, texting me, and, like, when I'd see him at work or something, like, was it magical? Did you feel on? I'm like, I was yards away from it, and I was feeling the magic. Like, oh, my God, I am standing in front of Stonehenge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit balls. Yeah, that was, that was me at the Tower of London. I mean, I know yours is more of a moving... It, because you feel the power of the place. Yeah. For me, it was like putting my hands on something that was older than, like, vastly older than my. You country. got to put your hands on that. We weren't allowed to put our hands on oh, something. Sorry, you <laughs> touch it. We we got our asses bounced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to put my hand. You know, like you get to touch the actual physical bricks and the wall and the oldest yeah. portion of this, and you're just like, holy shit. Yeah. This is older than my founded country. Yeah. You know, and, much older. And then we. He got us into the inner circle, and then he kind of explained some more stuff, but then let us have at it. Like, walk around, take pictures and everything. And after that, the first thing I did was, like, I'm going to be the first 
you mind taking my picture and that's the picture you saw and that's going to be probably my profile picture for the time it's being. fantastic it's, yeah it's, it's really you nice through a couple of the central archway stones yeah and uh and and the the sun and the you know the setting sky and all that yeah. stuff behind you and you see the massiveness of these yeah. stones and there's yeah. another picture where I'm, he took another long shot of me where everybody that has seen it has been like dude those are like triple u <laughs> Yeah. Like three times you is those size of the stones. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it, it was insane. And then after I got my picture, I kind of just stood in the center for like a couple moments, just just absorbing like yeah. the fact I'm standing here. I'm standing in the center of fucking Stonehenge yeah. as the sun sets on my 37th birthday. And then that's when I kind of started milling around more, taking pictures, took the video I took. And then went off to the side and recorded opening bumpers for nowhere. <laughs> yeah, you did. I heard a few of them. <laughs> yeah, and you'll hear them at the beginning of this episode, yeah. and probably some uh, random episodes, just because I had to. There, it, there was something right. about it where it was like, you got to do something nowhere here, even if it's just one quick bump. Yeah. Yeah. But um, we finished up the day. He took the, the second group in, and I kind of started milling around. Uh, to help people take pictures. Like, there's these two Japanese girls that were trying to take pictures of them holding... Uh, Stonehenge in right. her hand, and I offered to help him. And I, I was like, okay, I'm going to touch your hands right now. I'm just going to get you in position. And I, oh, okay. Got the picture for them, and then just kind of still roamed around and everything. And then we loaded up and left. And then our tour guy told the greatest fucking story, greatest prank story I've ever heard in my life. And I will regret yelling you guys with this right now. Before, like now at Stonehenge, they have all night guards. To make sure nobody's going in there dicking right. around or anything like that. Before that, before they had the guards, it'd be job of one person to go out there at night, count all the stones. And then I'm guessing the same person would have the same shift in the morning, come out and count the stones and make sure nothing happened. For all intents and purposes for the story, we'll say it's 24 stones. Okay. Person goes out there at night, counts them, comes back the next morning, counts them. There wasn't 24 stones there. There wasn't 23 or 22. There's 27 what? what? <laughs> yeah, there was 27 freaking Stonehenge stones there. A local artist made replicas out of styrofoam and added it to the mix. <laughs> that is the greatest mindfuck ever. That's amazing. There's a pub There's a pub in the area that has the stones on display. Do they really? Yeah. But, yeah, you can only imagine that person that counted them the night before coming back out going, because, look, it, it, genuinely, it's a harmless joke. Yeah, because... It's a he, harmless joke. If there's no wind coming through and it doesn't blow them away or anything like that, and you come out the next day and you're like, wait, what the fuck? Wait, what? Yeah, you're thinking pranks people are usually like, oh, desecrating stones or trying to steal the stones or something like that. No, this person's like, nope, I'm going to fuck with some heads. <laughs> he knew they went out every night and counted them, and then the next morning he, he snuck it all seeker-like and added some stones. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. That's a great prank. Could you imagine the guard the next day? Oh, God, yeah. Uh, off my phone call. <laughs> yeah, or, just, or not even that, just like, fuck it, done, I quit. I'm out. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. out of here. He's like, fuck. What if you'd been drinking the night before? Oh, God. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Going in there fudging the record real quick. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that was that was topper of the that day, and honestly, the trip. And then the following day, I hit um, Tower of London okay. during the day, which was amazing. Seeing the bloody um, tower, learning yes. the story of that. It's fucking depressing. It's depressing as fuck. It's depressing as fuck. But, but, but you know. an amazing thing to learn. It is, and it's. They told you about what happened with the where they found the 
Because okay, when you walked up the stairs to the white, uh, the white tower. Oh God! Did they did they show you the spot Those where the bodies were found? Narrow fans? ass stairs. Yes, but did they show you the yeah. portion? Okay, yeah. yeah. So because it used to be a spiral. Yeah. A stone staircase that was there, and they yeah. found them into. In and that, that, and I'll reemphasize narrow ass stairs because I was going up the stairs, and I noticed that there was an older lady behind me mm-hmm. having some struggles, and like I, me being the Boy Scout I am, being the good gentleman my mom raised me to be i hauled butt up those stairs and turned around and as soon as that lady turned the corner i'm like here give me your hand <laughs> let me help you up here yeah. and she's like oh my god thank you thank you and got her up there i was like no problem was it, she english or was she i American? think she was spanish okay but she spoke a little bit of english and that's where they re- reveal the entire story of what happened. And it's just yeah. like, okay, now I'm going to go jump off this roof. <laughs> you know, they find, basically, if you don't know, what happened is the Bloody Tower is where Richard III... It was initially called the Garden Tower. Yeah, it was though. Garden Tower, but that's where he placed it uh, after George or Henry. I think no, it was George. George. George and I think first, it was Henry was the douchebag. George, George the first, and then it was Richard the third. Yeah. Richard the third's the douchebag. He's the one who... Uh, he basically, he was the brother, and he usurped the power from the Like, the, took the, the kids nephews. in, making it seem like, oh, I'm going to make sure these kids are protected. And they were, basically, their heads were kind of bashed in. Yeah. And um, they were placed into a box and sealed into the mortar of the White Tower. Yeah. Um, under the stairs. And it was during a renovation, or maybe there's some damage. I can't remember which one it was. But the they found this container that had the bodies of two small children two small boys yeah and uh they determined they it's assumed that those it's boys, assumed because yeah. it, there's no technical there's no technology that would be able to to date it, yeah. date it perfectly. Yeah. so basically what they did was they they acknowledged those were the two princes and they had them interred in westminster Abbey. yeah richard the third was found in a fucking parking lot when they were renovating somewhere, yeah. so and he died under, on the battlefield, and they and never brought him urinal. back. <laughs> they never brought him back. Yeah, so. but the Tower of London was interesting. The a lot of the aspects of it, the torture rooms, the dude. I always thought the rack and all that shit was nuts, but that one where, where they just where crunch them down, they crunch you down, and fucking anchor you yeah. that way. Oh god, well, yeah, painful. it was just uh, it was insane. And then of course, like the gift shops and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I got some pretty cool stuff. You got a nice little you, coin. Yes, you got me a nice little coin of the ravens. The yeah. ravens, the the legend behind the ravens are, um, just the quick overview of it is yeah. as long as the ravens are at the tower, then the government will never fall. Yeah. And so they have like six or eight trained ravens that are there yeah they hopped up to me a few times and then there was once where i was talking to one of the guards and he just jumped up right onto the the, the ledge of the booth and yeah. he's right there in your face and you're like this thing's gonna peck my fucking face yeah, off. that's the one but he doesn't you see signs everywhere like these yeah. these little bastards will bite <clears throat> yeah don't touch them leave them alone yeah um but a few uh, of the guards are really close with them and stuff so yeah i got uh doug uh skull pin because right. the most practical the most practical gift to give a goth. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, right? Something uh, in black, something with skull. Yeah, and I did uh, pick up uh, some for Phil at the Rock and Roll Rescue. I picked him up a European copy of Ghostbusters. Oh, awesome. Something yeah. he can never watch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for the type of collection he has. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's an odd um, thing to have in his But he'd be that guy that would go and buy a European player just so he could watch the European version just no see. different. Yeah. Yeah. Just to see the different, you know, warnings and stuff at the beginning. Yeah. But, um, you know, the the tower, you got to go through the massive vault. Yes. That is the... Uh, the crown jewels yeah. area, when which you, no pictures you, are allowed, but still there's some dumbasses that tried. 
Oh yeah, and they really try. Yeah, they and really it's like try hard. I'm watching these people taking the pictures, and I'm like, three, two, one, guard, yep, tap your guard, shoulder. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like stop that. Yeah, don't do that, please. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. So you go in there and you think the crown jewels, and you see like the Star of India, and you see things like that, where you're like, fuck. And yeah. then there's that one sapphire that's set in one of the crowns that you're like, god damn. There's a ruby, big ass fucking ruby. Yeah. Setting a couple of these, these centers that are just solid yes, gold. Yes, and so when they do the coronation stuff, you walk around and you realize there's a fucking solid gold punch bowl that's the size. It's a so punch bowl. fucking massive. There's uh, the terrine and stuff that's there. They're just these giant, massive, solid gold pieces, and you just go fucking shit. Like they're they're gigantic. Yeah, as of right now, I still haven't posted my pictures from the Tower of London. Mm-hmm. I'm still thinking about it. How I want it. I'm thinking about doing like. I took a picture of the entrance into the Crown Jewel room. Right. I'm thinking of doing an artist rendering of that part of the tour. Okay. Me being the artist. <laughs> with okay. stick figures and stuff. Me claiming myself as the king of England and then having <laughs> guards coming in, tasering me, and then ending the pictures with me in a pool of my own urine. Well, it's very dimly lit so that they can watch you very carefully. Yes. And it's very well controlled as far as where you can go until you get into the open area. But you don't. Unless you're paying attention, it's it's very warm and open and welcome, but it's a giant goddamn vault. Yeah. When you get inside there, well, you're no, inside. As you're walking you're out of that section of the room, box. you see the door. You can see the vault doors. Yeah, yeah and it's like, oh. Well, that's the the portion where the crown the crown is. Yeah. Um, is actually, like, you can see the big-ass steel doors and stuff like that. When you first go in, unless you're paying attention... It's like a vault within a vault. Yeah. So once you get inside, it's just like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, it's impressive. It's really yeah. impressive. So. And I finished my day at Tower London, and then I took off. Uh, during my time with Jeremy, he mm. uh, recommended me to check out the Tate Modern. It's a modern museum, modern okay. art and everything. I was like, you know, I'm going. How and was it? It was amazing. Like, at first, the directions I got from Google Maps was mm-hmm. to go over to London Bridge, and then it's basically a straight shot there. But Tower London is so close to Tower Bridge, I was like, I'm going to be stupid if I don't go across right, Tower Bridge yeah. just to be able to be like, hey, I went on fucking Tower Bridge. Yeah. I walked. And I'm so glad I did. It was a longer route to the museum mm-hmm. from there, but it was well worth it because crossed the bridge, saw everything there, and then started making my walk down to Thames. Got some really good pictures of the Tower of London and like uh, distant shots and everything. Got some cool battleship sh- pictures and everything. Okay. And then got to see some street art like there was a i haven't i don't think i haven't showed you this this wall that was basically william shakespeare oh a wow really beautiful picture and everything i showed you that or well I, like when you were showing me the pictures i'm like hey there's the gherkin yeah. and you're like what the hell's the gherkin the, the ship oh wow look at that yeah full wall picture a little smirk yeah <laughs> um you know you're like what's the gherkin i'm all it's that that fucking spire that cylindrical spire that's in the background Right near it is the Shard, and that's the that's the building that I want to have dinner at because it, there's a restaurant at the top. It's like a five star restaurant at the top, and it over you can oversee all of London uh, from that. Yeah, it's fucking huge. Oh, it's, so, uh, <clears throat> the same thing when you do the slide because you're probably going to do the slide after my description oh, yeah. of it. You can go to the viewing deck afterwards and see this big panoramic view of London. Yeah, yeah. But um, I walked, got to the Tate. Museum and there's uh on along the way there's street performers and everything and the, there's two guys I saw just pounding away on typewriters I'm like what the hell is this about mm-hmm. I don't know I was trying to listen as a walk and see if they're making music right and I'm like no no and I saw the sign we will write any poem any title for whatever you just deem 
worthy. And I'm like, oh my god, that is awesome. I used to do that in school and everything to test myself on right. my writing capabilities. I would have people tell me like, give me a title and a subject, and I'll write a poem right, right. and time me. I did I did like a full page poem once in under two minutes that everybody I showed everybody and they're like, how long did it take you to write this? I'm like about two minutes and they're like holy shit <laughs> and that's another thing i was able to do as i was there we talked about in the the pre-episode when i was at the uh, grenadier i had my notebook with me and i wrote several pages of stuff while i was there just to be able to say like out there i was able to finally retap into my <laughs> when you hear how lame my shit is yeah i will not get rid of any of my pokemon yeah that i caught on pokemon go because uh, Lucy was like, you know, Dad, catch some stuff like that. And so I was able to get, like, Mr. Mime and stuff yeah. that are exclusive to the area. Um, so all of my ones that are from London, I haven't gotten rid of any of those. Well, that was the thing. I was planning on doing some Ghostbusters <laughs> World stuff, but I never did. Because it was one, my Wi-Fi was weird. Uh, I only right, had Wi-Fi right. in the room. But also, too, I didn't even think about it. Right. Um, the you were too busy, dude. Yeah. I can I couldn't imagine where you would find, unless you were, like, in the haunted pub on their Wi-Fi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I caught this ghost in a haunted pot. In that would have been, been baller. That would have been pretty, pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Tate Modern was amazing. Like, I got to do two levels of it because just time restraints and everything. But right. one really cool piece I saw was the, I forget the exact name of it, but it was called Something Something Monolift in the vein okay. of 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, oh the monolith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big black um, obelisk. It, but this thing was... Made of TVs, radios, and oh, really? Like and it all... was all tuned in the same thing. And, really? And yeah, it was. I got video. I'll show it to you later. And it was amazing. There's so much art and everything. And I, as I was there, luckily they had Wi-Fi. I made <laughs> sure to drop a line to Jeremy and tell him like, "Okay, man, I took you up on your advice. I'm at the Tate right now. Thank you so much for pointing this out to me." And he was like, "Hooray! Have a blast." That's cool. And that was another place like Camden where I was like, I got to come back just for this place alone. Right. Yeah. And then the finale of the trip was basically my night at the Top Secret Comedy Club. And this was like, honestly, it was a hole in the wall place. It was Top Secret, basically, <laughs> where it was like a black box theater up top where they had like shows and everything. And downstairs, mm-hmm. I'm guessing, was their main room. And the first show I went to. It was a preview show for Darius Darby's um, Persian of Interest. If you guys get a chance to check it out, do it. Dude was hilarious. I'll talk to him a little bit afterwards. Really cool dude. And then afterwards, it was a show where it was strictly new material. It was named comics and everything, but everybody had to do new material. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it was a really great night right. there. A lot of great comics. I really wish I remembered their names. <laughs> I'm sorry. But there were so many people. It was rapid fire. I'd say the new material show had over 10 people. And how long was it? It was like two and a half hours. Like, okay. It okay. started, I think, at 8 o'clock. And I got out of there like at 1045. Wow. And it was just wall-to-wall people and material where I was just like, I'm glad I came here for my final night. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of blended my worlds perfectly where it was like I'm in London, but also too, I'm at a comedy club. That's pretty cool. Yeah, got a shirt from there too. That's I think I surprised the girl at the counter when I was like, I want, I want one of the shirts. <laughs> and she's like, What size? I'm like, Extra large. And she's like, Give me a moment. By the end of the show you're at right now, I will have that ready for you. That's because cool. you had to go downstairs into the store right, area. Yeah, one out or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And that was about it. The next morning, got up, had breakfast, killed some time before my shuttle got there, packed, 
got some last minute souvenirs and dead at home. That's awesome, though, man. Yeah. I'm so glad you had such a wonderful time. It was such a blast. I told you it's a beautiful country. It is. Such a wonderful place to visit. People are warm and friendly. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody goes, oh, there's no cold in this. No, 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 no. They're, they're, no, it's just cold. They're very, they're very business. They're yeah. like point A, point B. We got to get shit done. So yeah. Like and also too, they know it's a tourist area. So they're not going to be like, fuck you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to bring in money, you know, and they, they've got to be able to, to generate revenue. So of course, yeah, they're going to be, they're going to be friendly, you know, behind the counter. Exactly. Yeah. But, but it was amazing. I'd say top three things of the trip. If I had to pinpoint Top three things. Number one, of course, would be Stonehenge. Stonehenge, yeah. Totally amazing. Two, my time with Jeremy. Right. And three, I would honestly say Tower. Tower of London. It's impressive. Yeah, Tower like, of London. You, you take in the scope of it and you realize like the grounds that where the moat was, yeah. where the River Thames was channeled in, and that like created the trader, the moat. Yeah. Uh, the Trader's Entrance, Trader's Bridge. Down the, Yeah, the Trader's yeah. Bridge is out in the front, and yeah. you can see where they used to come in. And drop people off. Yeah, and drop people off and dock and stuff like that, you know, and whatever. Yeah, but, that but also, too, the... that doesn't disqualify. Like, even Bath, like, I, I kind of gave Bath some crap, but still, it was kind of, it was still yeah, pretty. It's interesting. Yeah, it was interesting historically, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's not like I'm going to be going, I'm running back to Bath when I go back <laughs> to London. It's like, no, did it. And yeah. I'll go to Bath for the freaking uh, magic bar. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, that's about well, it. You just have different interests. Yeah, and that's you know, and that's fine. Yeah, you, you found things you liked. I I dig your story about you know Jeremy Drysdale, and uh, you know the the being able to get a view of London that he you know can yeah. show off to you and showcase for you. You know, and and that's that's a that's something you probably have to pay a lot for if you had a you know a tour a guide tour, or somebody yeah. a private tour showing you around. So that's, yeah, that's cool. It's very yeah, cool. It's very cool and very long episode. So this may be a two parter. Well, there we go. Yeah, that's right. I was like, damn, we've been talking for a while. Yeah, but it was a big-ass trip. Like I told you guys, and I'll say it right now, I think the night tour and the Polish bar were the only two things of my planned itinerary Mm -hmm. that I didn't get to do. But it was... Now I had to go back and hit him. Yeah. And the only reason I didn't even hit the Polish uh, bar was I couldn't find it. (laughs) And it was like I got out of the comedy club at like 1045, and they closed at 11. Yeah, that's so I hauled ass trying to find it, yeah. and it just got to a point where I was like, "Fuck it!" I got sandwiches waiting for me in the room. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm going back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how'd you like Tesco? Tesco was amazing. Yeah. It's the ABC store of London. <laughs> it it is and it is and I mean, it's it, like they're they're just it's, it's the it's, it's meant for them to be little grocery stores. On it's the, the go to place if you know you need to grab some stuff quickly. Mm-hmm. Like I basically my go to is to pay attention to the water labels. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because you got sparkling. Yeah, and I didn't realize it until I drank it. Yeah. <laughs> I was you like, got oh, the carbonated shit. sparkling mineral waters. And but stuff like, like I grabbed like two bottles of regular water, grab a thing of orange juice mm-hmm. and a couple sandwiches and some popcorn, and that was my kind of go-to room food. Yeah. And then the rest of it, like I hit McDonald's once just because I missed oh, Tesco they, before closing. They also upgraded your room, didn't they? Yes, they did. Uh, very big shout-outs to the Hilton Hyde Park. I got there. And they said, "Oh, we got a little surprise for you in the room, and we upgraded your room since your, and since uh, since it's your birthday, we decided to hook you up." And I'm like, "Oh my god, thank you!" I got up there, they had a jar of uh, almonds there, a bottle of wine, and a double bed waiting for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because they were, they, the guy told me afterwards, like, "Yeah, usually we'll have like a single bed, which would have been like just kind of a twin size bed." Right. And I'm like, "Thank you," because I. I, I got a pattern for it where I was like, I'd get back at the end of the night, take a shower to relax, and just pass the hell out. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool, though, man. I mean, and, everybody, awesome and everybody asked me, like, did you sleep a lot? I'm like, honestly, no. 
Yeah. I get back at midnight, uh, relax, and go to sleep. But I'd be up like at six thirty to take a shower, be down at breakfast by seven, right? And then plot out my day. <laughs> yeah, I'd sleep when I get home. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, yeah, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the truth of it. You know, like it's which is I, I think ironic that you didn't sleep on the flight home. Yeah, after uh, taking sleeping pills too. <laughs> Even my therapist was like, "You're weird." <laughs> you should have slammed some Jack or something like that, or whatever. It was tempting, but I know uh, you always worry that you're going to oversleep, or you know you're going to be that that fucking guy on the plane where they're like, "I think you may have died." Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, it was fine. I watched a lot of Big Bang Theory and watched Ralph breaks the internet. <laughs> that was uh, so my my flight back was you know they give you the you have a bevy of fucking shit you can watch. Yeah, and um. <laughs> my flight back was the one where I watched uh, I was like you know what I love spy films let me watch Atomic Blonde yeah. and there's a couple of really fucking full on lesbian scenes in the film and I was like oh shit I didn't realize I had the screens where if you move your head to the left or the right people can't really see yeah. your screen like you're self conscious or yeah like- so I'm like it's a dark plane and I've got Atomic Blonde on and here's you know here's Charlize Theron you know just tongue blasting the shit out of I can't think of the the actress's name She, but I was like fuck no well, there was certain times like I was thinking I'll watch Stars Born, but I'm thinking like no, I don't want to be depressed <laughs> right now. Oh, dude. Yeah, I watched that just. A but week. that's another time, another oh, place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think that's about it. I think that's about it. You know, and uh, thank you, Jolly Old England, for thank you, you know, yeah. being good to our boy over here, and uh, and you definitely have my heart. You so. have my heart too. I, I don't want to live there, but I'm coming back. <laughs> See, no, I, that's that's where we differ. I'll be looking for a place to live very soon. Yeah, yeah. Then you can give me some insider deals on like flight travel and there whatnot. You go. And send you, there you I'll go. send you my money to transfer over there and whatnot. Absolutely. So, with that being said, uh, this has been Josh. And this has been Nick. And we'll see you. Enjoy it. <laughs>